your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Xavier bats in motion. He gets the flip on the jet motion. There he goes. 40, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Xavier Betts finds the end zone, and the Huskers now lead it 16 to 3. Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Here we are. We're back. Another night of Sports Nightly. So glad you spent some of your evening with us tonight. We're honored to have you with us. 531-500-4686. That's the phone number if you want to be a part of the program at any time in the next three hours, either with a call or a text. We will zip our way through the headlines. We have tonight our final, yep, final practice report of the spring the Oscars had practice number 14 today the last practice number 15 will be the game on Saturday uh, our broadcast coverage begins at 11 a.m kickoff at one from Memorial Stadium and over 30,000 Husker fans are going to be in attendance for that game so our final practice report of the spring coming up here in just a little bit we heard from the head coach today we'll, we'll dive into some of the things that he talked about with the media following practice uh, today. Coming up in hour number two, we'll talk some baseball, both Husker baseball and Major League Baseball. Cam Wynn, who's done a nice job out of that Husker bullpen. Ben caught up with him earlier today. He's been part of that really successful bullpen that Will Bolt and Jeff Christie have been able to put together. So we'll hear from him as the Huskers get ready for a weekend series at home against Rutgers. Uh, Friday night, Saturday after the spring game, and Sunday at noon for those three games against the Scarlet Knights. A pretty competent baseball team that's coming in to Lincoln for the series this weekend, so we'll get here from Cam Wynn. We'll also hear from Lane Grindle. He's our Major League Baseball insider, also the former host of this little ditty. Uh, he and the Brewers got beat today. The Miami Marlins beat them. In fact, took the series two games to one over Milwaukee. We'll talk to Lane about the latest goings-ons in MLB. Third hour of the program, it's Wednesday. That means buy-sell headed your way. Can't wait to dive into what last week's answers were and what a whole new batch of topics and questions for this week. Looking forward to that coming up in hour number three. We'll also hear from Husker golf women's golf coach Lisa Johnson and her star pupil Kate Smith. Kate over the weekend was the low medalist at the Big Ten Championship. She carded a 64 in the final round to win a Big Ten title. And today, the Nebraska golf team was rewarded by being put into the NCAA tournament, which starts on May the 8th. It's the first time Husker women's golf, get this Ben McLaughlin, first time Husker women's golf has made the NCAA tournament since 2008. How about that? That's awesome. That is- that's amazing, and huge congratulations to them. And it's been a fun, fun few weeks for that for that uh, program for sure. And now, now they get to go play some postseason golf, which is just awesome. They were put in the Columbus region, hosted by Ohio State. That's a course that they have played before. So we'll hear from both Lisa Johnson and Kate Smith in the third hour of the show as well. All right, let's start with the headlines. And Josh had this in the ticker, Ben. The the, the really tough news that Thomas Fedoni. Did suffer a knee injury last week. Going to have surgery, I believe, Coach Frost said, tomorrow. Uh, and they hope to maybe get him back sometime in October or November for next year. But, man, so many high hopes for Thomas Fedoni to help this team out right away in August. Uh, that's not going to happen. That's that's too bad. It's a position of depth, so it's not. I don't know that it kills the depth, but I, I was certainly looking forward to watching Thomas even this Saturday in the red-white game. 
Yeah, man, you talk about just uh, disappointment with having having that having that uh, prospect taken away from you of of watching watching Thomas go and and play and uh, you know what the what the five star was going to look like, and this is on the heels of. Uh, what Coach Becton said was his best practice and, you know, felt like he was really, you know, starting to turn a corner and, you know, do some things in a way that was going to allow, you know, him to, to get on the field and, and help contribute. So really difficult news. Um, man, it's just really, really a bummer to have that happen this early in your career. And, you know, Coach Frost said maybe middle of the season, uh, maybe back for the stretch run of the year. But, um, yeah, it's just those non-contact knee injuries, typically not a good sign at all. And, you know, here we are again. And it just happens to be uh, to a player that, you know, most of the 30-plus thousand that are going to attend, you know, were he was maybe top three on their list, top five on their list of guys to check out. So really unfortunate. He made your super six, right? Yeah. Yeah, believe it or not, the the five star did find its way on my <laughs> on my super six. Um, and look, it's not going to be a career ender by any stretch. No. So uh, I just think we we've got to be a little more patient with his return, and you know, see what uh, you know what the future has in, in, in store for him. We just have to wait a little while longer to see it. Yeah, it it stinks because for him, and now he's got a rehab ahead of him, and that's not going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and, it, you know, he's going to be probably hobbling around for the month of May and then into rehab and having to be on the sidelines for the start of the season. It, it tests you. It, it tests your patience. It tests you. It's almost, I think, as, as much as we've advanced science in knee injuries and surgeries and those type of things and the recovery time has been cut to next to nothing almost, I think it's a bigger thing mentally. Right, I think it's it's tougher for you to overcome the thought that you're on the shelf for six, seven months. Um, and and those of us that are older, we we scoff a little bit at six or seven months. But when you're eighteen, nineteen years old, six or seven months seems like twenty years down the road. You're like, oh my gosh, I'll never get over this. It'll never be by. So this will be a test for him mentally to try to fight his way through this and. Uh, he'll he'll have some help. His teammates will will help him through this. He'll have some teammates that have been through this that will help him get over that. But that was the the biggest news of the day today. One other thing is that the coach was asked, and we'll, we'll get into our full practice report here in a little bit. But he was asked about will you be considering adding a quarterback when spring is over? And, and Coach Frost said, "Well, haven't totally decided, uh, but we may have some other spots that we may look at that more than quarterback." So. At that, with that statement, it leads me to think, Ben, that they're they're satisfied with what they've seen from Logan Smothers and Heinrich Harburg, and and those are two guys that I certainly am excited to watch on Saturday. Yeah, and I I think we got to start getting the habit of throwing Matt Masker's name in that bunch as well. Yeah. I think you know that's that's probably a guy that we can't just disregard. Not saying you did, but you know I think it's kind of three of them right. fighting, three fighting them for that job now. Based on what we saw in that live practice and what we're going to see on Saturday, I think this is a three horse race for the backup job. And and Matty Masker's obviously has the leg up because you know he's been here the longest. But, you know, Heinrich's still obviously very raw, very green. And, you know, Logan has been working on a lot of things, both mechanically and, uh, you know, otherwise to, um, you know, get himself up to speed at, at what being a Division One quarterback is, is all about. So, 
Yeah, I think uh, Coach Frost, and, and you, this is something I told you after watching that practice, I think all three of them are so different, and that's what's intriguing about it, right? I mean, fans will see it on Saturday. Heinrich's got a big arm. He's got a, He's just got a rocket for an arm, and I think we all know that Logan is a, just a great athlete and can really run. And I think Maskers is, you know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Andrew Bunch in his play style, just kind of, you know, solid all the way around. I don't think he's he's exceptional at any one thing, but I don't think he's inferior at, you know, a lot of different areas. So I think I think the 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 interesting thing is going to be how this backup quarterback race shakes out and really what the coaches are looking for because I think uh, number one, command of the offense. Uh, that's the obvious statement of the year, right? That's what every quarterback needs needs to do to, for their coaches to play them. But what type of skill set is going to give one of these guys a leg up will be interesting to see. Yeah, it's going to be fun to me. You know, I, we'll see Adrian and they, the coach did also allude to that the their thought right now, and obviously they have time to change their thought because it's only Wednesday. The game's not till Saturday. Is to not tackle to the ground in the first half of Saturday's scrimmage. They call it thud. Uh, once you kind of make, once a defender makes contact with a ball carrier or a wide receiver, whoever has a football, that's where the contact is and that's where they go down. That's where they'll be marked down with a the football. They do that a lot in practice sessions. But then they'll probably go full contact in the second half playing more younger players. They just don't want, it's the scariest, I'm, I'm telling you, it's the scariest day of the year for college football coaches is their spring game because their worst nightmare is that somebody gets hurt in that game on your final practice of spring and they might be lost for the for the coming fall. So thuds in the first half, and again, with the caveat here that they could change their mind by Saturday, but then tackle to the ground in the second half and let more of the younger players go at it there. I, I don't know what people will think of that. Maybe they won't like it, but you probably, the practice you went to a couple weeks ago, you probably didn't see a lot of tackling to the ground in that practice, Mm-mm. did you? No, but, I mean, we'll, again, we'll talk about this more here in a little bit, but the indication that we're getting is this was a really physical spring. So, you know, just just because you you may have went to that practice or go to the spring game, man, these guys didn't do any hitting. I don't think that's the case. I no. think they, they got after it quite a bit this spring, and, and that's part of the reason why so many of these guys are missing time is just because of the physical nature of what happened out there this spring. So, yeah, I mean, would you rather see guys tackle for a half and, and lose a couple to injury or, you know, see, see this, you know um, – <laughs> kind of half tackle thing and i mean i i know what i would rather have let's let's let these guys get through healthy and you know there'll be plenty of things to keep you entertained on saturday we're back on a wednesday night sports island here on the husker sports summer greg sharp ben mclaughlin with you it's hump day it was also the last practice before the spring game for husker football so time for us to launch into tonight's practice report Every practice. We're going to work on it every single day until these guys master it. All season long. There's nothing better as an athlete than being part of something that's bigger than just yourself. And I think these guys are starting to feel that and we'll keep building it. It's time for a Husker football practice report on Sports Nightly. And the practice report brought to you by JTech Construction. JTech Construction, the official exterior experts of the Huskers. The head coach today. Haven't heard from him for a while. Yeah, it's been a while, and as as we kind of talked about uh, with the show, he uh, he came bearing news, which is never a good thing. And the news was on Thomas Fedoni. So Coach Frost, uh, and heard we heard this already, but for those that missed it, here's what he had to say about the freshman tight end. Yeah, uh, Thomas had a non-contact knee injury. Um, 
just unfortunate play, just kind of a nothing play and uh, went down and uh, he's going to get surgery tomorrow. Um, so we feel terrible for him, but uh, he's in a good place and going to work to get back. So we uh, heard the news there. There you hear it from the head coach and Coach Frost. But uh, to expand on that a little bit further, he talked about what he'd seen from Thomas before he was injured. Yeah, Thomas is a super talented guy. Gosh, he cares as much as anybody out there. So uh, put those two things together, and it's going to lead to good places. Um, he's a lot like all the other freshmen that should still be in high school that are here right now. Uh, we threw a lot at him real quick, and I think he was kind of swimming for a while, um, trying to figure everything out. And his, his last two practices were really good practices. So, again, was disappointed for him, but uh, he'll come back stronger. Yeah, I think uh, the, the first part of that clip there, Greg, is what people is going to get excited. And I think if you follow him on social media, it's pretty obvious to tell um, – you know that that he does care he cares a lot about this place and i think you know it's part of the reason why he came here is because of his passion for the state of nebraska and this program no doubt and it was last wednesday ben where sean beckton his position coach was raving about him said how proud he was of thomas thought he had his best practice last wednesday so it must have happened in the friday workout uh, where he gets the knee injury and how many times do you hear it where it's non-contact injuries i just it happens so much in sports that Guys might be backpedaling or just they plant wrong or funny and uh, out go those ligaments. And so just a heart, heart, a heart breaks for Thomas because I know he was certainly excited for the spring game coming up on Saturday. Yeah, 100%. Speaking of the spring game, uh, Coach talked about how the spring has gone to this point and what to expect on Saturday. Yeah, we've been going around and around on it. Um, we've had a physical spring. Uh, we needed it. Um, we haven't had a real spring ball in two years. And um, we need to make up for some lost ground. So we've had a physical spring. I've asked a lot of the guys, and they've given it to us. Um, we've had, I think, a couple times up to 43 guys on our injury list with anything, everything from a couple big ones to tweaks and sprains and bumps and bruises. Uh, so we're a little beat up, but we expected that with the type of spring that we had. Uh, we're going to have uh, a full game with two teams. Uh, first half is going to be thud, and we're going to let a lot of the old guys play. Uh, second half, we're going to leave a lot of the young guys out there, and the second half is going to be live and tackle to the ground. So that, that's kind of the format we landed on. It's going to give us a chance to get some more work out of our veterans and, and then get some live reps for our young guys. 43 players on the injury oh. report. That's over 30% of the roster, Greg, on the injury report. And so, yeah, I don't think that just because you're not seeing tackling to the ground on Saturday doesn't mean these guys have loafed at this spring. That's definitely not the case. That is an unbelievable number. On our text line, Ben, Mark says, will the second half of the spring game be a regular or running clock? Uh, if, if, if past spring games are any indication, I would guess running. I don't think the coach addressed the clock today with the media so mark i wish i had better answers maybe i can get them before the end of the week for you yeah we will uh, hopefully have more info as the week winds down coach frost talked about uh there in that last clip about some of the older guys adrian martinez fits in that category will he play saturday i imagine most of the veterans will play the first half now now that it's not tackle um it's going to be practice tempo and we'll trust the referees to to blow it down at their discretion and uh, that's going to give it a, an opportunity to let let some of the veterans play a little bit more. 
don't touch number two. Pretty simple, right? <laughs> I mean, he's going to be – hopefully he has that green jersey on where they know uh, not, to, not, to, not to get around the quarterbacks. I'm guessing he will. This is yeah. my guess. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Coach Frost touched a little bit on the progression of his group and Coach Verdusco's group here this spring. Steady improvement is how I, I would characterize it. Um, you know, Matt Masker continues to do good things. Uh, Logan Smothers just every single day got better, and his control and command of the offense is is improving and and uh, getting to a point where I feel great with him. Uh, Harburg is really talented kid that can run and throw. He was swimming a little bit at first, but. Uh, he's hungry to learn, and, and he's really improved throughout spring. So uh, Mario's done a good job with that with that room, and those guys have made a lot of progress. Still have ways to go, but have made a ton of progress this spring. Pretty uh, pretty similar rundown from what we heard right there from head coach Scott Frost and what we've been hearing kind of all spring. I think I think we got, got all got a pretty good idea right now of where each quarterback is behind Adrian. I do too. I, I think, and I think that we'll all form our opinion Saturday when we get to actually see them out there and see them running an offense. But um, I think there's talented kids. They're just not experienced. They haven't had any snaps, and that's yeah. scary going into a season. You know who your one is, but you've got a lot. And but Nebraska's not alone. That a lot of a lot of programs in the country deal with that issue if not every year more years than not where their backup quarterback just doesn't have a lot of experience yeah exactly well and this is kind of the trap we fall into a lot we talk about you know identities as players and logan smothers we talk a lot about his legs let's go to the other side throwing the ball has he improved there coach frost talk about logan's arm a little bit he's working through a few mechanical things with mario and has been for a while really started to see the the benefits of that this spring um, and honestly when he doesn't think about it anytime you're trying to alter something when, when you're thinking about it you, you get a little in your own head when he doesn't think about it he rips it great uh, so we're, we'll keep working with him but I, I expect by this fall he'll he'll uh, it'll be second nature to him and I was really impressed with uh, the progress he made in all aspects of his game but particularly throwing it this spring so we'll see kind of where Logan is. And, again, you can make your own judgments on Saturday. You'll see Logan throw plenty, I would, I would imagine, here coming up on Saturday. Greg alluded to this a little bit earlier uh, to start the show about the the coaches potentially pursuing another quarterback in the transfer portal or, you know, another source junior college potentially. Have they decided whether that's going to happen or not? Here's head coach. No, we haven't made any final decisions on that. Uh, we still got a couple spots that we'll try to find anybody that, that we think could help our team the most. Um, right now, I wouldn't say it would probably be quarterback. Hmm. So I think that kind of says right there he's got some trust in those three guys behind Adrian. Yep, yep, I'm, I, he does. And it also lets your mind wander about, all right, what positions are they looking at? Are they Would yeah. they try to go find an edge rusher? Would you try to go find another running back? I mean, I I don't know that anybody followed up. Okay, if not quarterback, well, where are you looking? But I don't, I don't think anybody followed up with that. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about offense. Coach Frost did address the defensive side of the ball and what he's seen from the black shirts. Yeah, I like what I've seen. Um, we got a long way to go. Um, we got work to do, but there's no doubt there's been progress. And especially some of the areas I think that uh, we didn't perform real well last year, some of the things that got us beat last year, have really improved. Um, it's been a real 
emphasis put on making sure we don't turn the ball over on one side and trying to get it back on the other. I think special teams uh, has made a big jump. I think we're a more physical team up front on both sides. I think the offensive line uh, has made some giant strides. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really pleased. It's been a good back and forth all spring between the offense and defense. And um, I, I've seen a bunch of improvement on both sides. So there you go. Some updates, reports on uh, on the defense and even parts of the offense there from head coach Scott Frost. Um, there's going to be a lot of people at the spring game that are making evaluations, Greg, and, and deeming guys All-Americans and deeming guys that aren't going to be factors for the rest of their careers based on what they see on Saturday. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, of course. But how important is the evaluation period for the spring game for the coaches? Here is Coach Frost. About the same as every other practice, maybe less. Um, this is kind of a showcase, and, and the, the only thing we're really looking to see is how, how they perform when the lights are on a little bit. But uh, we have hundreds and hundreds of reps of, of practice that we can evaluate, and you know, a lot of those veteran guys are going to get 30 to 50 reps in the first half of, of Saturday's game. So that's a small portion of, of what they work they put in this spring, and um, it's important, but it's no no more important than any other practice that we've had. Do you buy that, Ben? Um, a little I, bit. I, I mean, <laughs> I think I do think that it makes a difference when you got thirty thousand people in uh-huh. the stands. I, you know, I think I think there's definitely intrigue on on how guys handle that. I, you know, every co- every coach says that. I mean, on oh, this is no, I mean, this is no different than in the previous four. It is though. It's totally different. It's how do they handle their emotions? How do they play when their motors revved up? Some guys get better, some guys regress. I, I, I mean, I've heard coaches for decades say this about a spring game. Oh, I don't know that I buy that. I mean, I, don't, I, I think sometimes we put too much into it, but I do think it's a little bit more valuable reference point and a grading scale on guys than just a Tuesday practice in, in late March. I mean, I, <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. I would agree. I do think that there's a little bit more to it than maybe they want to let on, but yeah. um, they don't want to make a huge deal out of it. Okay, let's uh, let, let's talk a little bit more specifics of what you may see if you're going to the game or even watching the game on TV. It's going to look a little strange. Coach Frost talked about how they're going to split up play calling, where they're going to put coaches, and who's on what sideline. It's going to look a little funny. We're going to put Coach Chins and Coach uh, Lubick up in the box, and they're going to call the game on both sides for both teams. Um, and then just to help the coaches out, we're going to put both offenses on one sideline and both defenses on the other sideline. So we'll have a, a red team and a white team on the east and a red team and a white team on west and, and let the same two guys call the whole game. There you go. You're going to have uh, two <laughs> color teams on both sides. There's probably going to be some trash talking on one end of the sideline to the other. It'll be fun, though. It's all, it's all good fun. And there's kind of a little bit of what the breakout may look like on Saturday if you are indeed attending Chins in the box, huh? I mean, yeah, that's gonna be odd for him. Different. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Uh, you know, change it up a little bit for him for sure. Okay, uh, we'll finish it up talking uh, Greg Sharp's favorite position, running backs. What's that going to look like on Saturday, and what's going to be the outlook and expectation for that position? Yeah, we got talent in the running back room. Um, you know, th- those guys have all missed a couple here and there, most of them, a couple practices. So really looking for somebody to step forward and, and take that position. We've got a lot of good candidates that have all done a lot of good things. Um, we're going to let those guys play the whole game. So they'll get the first half thud, and we'll leave those guys and let them play in the second half in live. And um, been impressed with that whole group. 
Um, just looking for somebody to come out of that pack and, and be the lead dog for us. There you have it. First half thud. That just sounds <laughs> odd, doesn't it? Sounds, yeah, it sounds odd. And again, I, I'm telling you, I know these coaches pretty well. I think there's still some wiggle room that they tweak some of this, what they're doing from from when he talked at about 11 o'clock this morning on a Wednesday to what they end up doing Saturday at 1 o'clock. I think there's some wiggle room. Maybe I'll be totally wrong, and they just will totally thud it in the first half, but we'll see. I just know how those coaches are when they get there and they talk about, oh, we're going to be vanilla, we're not going to show anything, and then their competitive juices kick in, Ben, and they're like, uh-uh, I'm not letting them pick up this third and five. I'm going to send a guy. I'm going to maybe it's a corner, maybe it's a safety. I'm going to send somebody right now. Yeah, throw a wrinkle in the uh, the old offensive playbook too. Something. Yes. Hey, you didn't tell me you were going to run that route. Well, I didn't tell you I wasn't going to run it either. So. Oh, because I don't know if there's going to be beans and weenies and steak dinners on the line for this one. Usually, there's a little bit of a side bet going on with which team prevails in these things. So, uh, we'll 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 monitor that as we get closer to uh, kickoff. Here we are, hour number two, Wednesday night show here on the Husker Sports Network. Busy weekend coming up. Husker baseball, Husker softball, both in action. Softball's final home series of the year. The Husker baseball team will host Rutgers Friday night, Saturday after the spring game and Sunday at noon. And the spring game is at 1 on Saturday at Memorial Stadium. Pre-game coverage begins here on the network at 11. Ben will be joined by Jeremiah Searles for pre-game coverage. I'll jump in there at some point in time and then... Right before kickoff, we expect Matt Davison to make his way to the booth. I, I haven't seen that guy for a while. I hope he's still out there somewhere. Did you see him at the pra- – you probably saw him at the practice a few weeks ago. I did see him. He was too far away for me to say hello, but I can confirm that he was around. And, okay. uh, yeah, I, I think, he, you know, it's going to be like you guys never missed a beat. I think you're going to be just fine. <laughs> we've done enough. We've done enough of these together. We don't really need to converse too much to just kind of. It's like riding a bike. You just get back on. Oh and yeah, go and it, just kick, kick it back and go. Uh, Husker baseball is still first place. Game and a half lead over Michigan and Indiana as they get ready for another weekend of play. Will Bolt had his weekly press conference earlier today. And Cam Wynn, the Lincoln High product, who started his career at the junior college level, went to Texas A and M, and then found his way back to Lincoln. And, man, has he been a big part of that bullpen, Ben, for this team through the first 27 games? He sure has. He's become Nebraska's own fire extinguisher. He comes in in the roughest situations, and he's done a really good job of getting guys out when uh, this team needs him the most. And he's you know, a huge part of this bullpen, has really since day one. And I think he had our interest peaked on the first live scrimmage that we did. And this – you know, this Cam Wynn guy goes out, and his first pitch was like 97. We're like, what? Who's this guy? So, yeah, obviously he's been a huge part to this bullpen and a big reason why, you know, this team has, uh, you know, been able to do what they have in the bullpen. I was lucky enough to get a few minutes with Cam earlier today and just started out by asking him what it's going to feel like and how excited he is to be back at home after two really long road trips. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, the travel days, they can, you know, they add up. They can be brutal, but... You know, we're excited to be home, be able to uh, enjoy a, a week of no traveling and be able to see our, our great fans in the stands this week, especially with the um, the increased capacity. We're really looking forward to that. It's probably a reason why a lot of these guys come here. One of the main reasons is to play in front of the fans. You've gotten to, to taste a little bit of that yourself already. I think we've played seven home games to this point. 
being a Lincoln kid, what 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 was it like the first time you got you got to pitch on the mound with fans rooting you on? Oh, it was absolutely exhilarating. Um, it, it's electric. The fans provide a great atmosphere. They get loud. Um, I think they definitely influence the game too. That we have a a huge home field advantage when the fans come out and support us as strong as they have been. Um, and I think that's only going to get better throughout the season. So. Um, I, I, I think it's been a big deal for us, and it's a really, really cool experience as a player. Cam, let's let's start at the beginning for you of your journey. You know, you're you're from Lincoln, went to high school in Lincoln. Um, you, you've tried some different different spots in your college career, I guess. What were you expecting out of you know leaving home for the first time after your senior year and after your your senior Legion ball, and you know going to, going to play college baseball for the first time? What what were you kind of expecting or hoping for out of out of your college experience? Um, you know, I, I had absolutely no idea. Um, I was optimistic, but as much optimistic as I was, I was I was also pretty nervous. Um, you know, later in my high school career, I I wasn't actually expecting to play college sports. That was kind of a very late decision for me. Um, so I I don't think I really expected to even play past junior college. Um, I was just kind of going there to try it out. So I went in there just knowing that I was going to find a way to have fun. I was going to work hard. I was going to make the best of my situation. And, you know, I was just going to – I was going to have to cross the different bridges when I came to them because I, I really didn't know what to expect. And then you go walk into the SEC in Texas A&M down at College Station. I know that was just a really bizarre situation for everybody, really. But for you, you know, making that jump from Johnson County to A&M, what was that feeling like, Cam, of just going from someone who – didn't have the mindset of knowing where they were going to play to pitching in the best conference in the country and, you know, a, a you know, big time situation that you were down there in college station. It was amazing. Um, you know, it was definitely a pretty big environment change just from the number of fans to the gear you get, the size of the stadiums, travel, everything. Um, you don't get a whole lot at the junior college level and you really do get treated well in a power five conference. Um, that was a pretty big difference. And, you know, just the level of play, um, Everybody works hard at every level of college baseball, but the level of play is just a little bit better at the the Division One level. And so, um, I think for me, the the biggest adjustment was um, learning to be a little bit more consistent. You know, you, you can get away with some things in in junior college baseball that you're not going to get away with at the Division One level, just because the competition is better. So, um, yeah, I think just adjusting to the competition level was probably the biggest the biggest change. Cam, it probably didn't take a ton to you know, get you to be interested in, in coming back to Lincoln. But when did those conversations start and when did it start to become a possibility that you might come back to Nebraska? Well, um, I think it was Coach Christie, actually, that uh, made my day. It was, I think, the second day after I'd entered in the transfer portal um, this last April that uh, Coach Christie called me, and he was the first uh, Division One college coach to uh, give me a call and uh, tell me that they wanted to give me a shot. And so, that you know, that meant a lot to me because I grew up in Lincoln. I've been a Husker fan my entire life. And so, I mean, I didn't commit right away. But, you know, in, in the back of my head, I, I had a feeling from that second day that Nebraska was going to be where I would end up. And here you are. And really since the first time you stepped on campus, you've had a pretty big role with this team. You, you and a lot of your teammates uh, there in the bullpen. But what was kind of your mentality, Cam, knowing that, you know, this coaching staff really wanted some older guys to kind of anchor this thing and to go get some experience, and you were going to be a big part of that. When did you kind of realize, 
you know, what, what you were going to be asked to do for this team and, you know, a pretty critical role. Yeah, um, a couple a couple scrimmages into the fall. Um, you know, once I'd kind of seen everyone, I didn't really know what the team was looking like coming in. Um, I actually didn't personally know anybody on the team, um, even though I'm from Lincoln. And so I think after the first couple scrimmages, just kind of getting a feel for things, um, I did pretty well in those and just kind of, affirmed to myself that the hard work was paying off and you know I, I just had to look myself in the mirror and say you know you're you're senior this year this you're getting a little older this is this is time for you to be a veteran and to, to help out where you can cam this year is a little bit different for us we we're, we don't get really the chance to be around you guys as much as we typically do but traveling around and you know watching you guys play every week it's it's pretty clear that this team is really close and, and i think that the cool thing for us is there are so many newcomers. There are a lot of guys like you that are that are new to the program and maybe didn't know anybody, but you guys seem to get along so well. What is it about the personalities on this team that allow that to happen to where you, you may be new and the guy next to you may be new and your roommate may be new, but you, know, you guys are still able to be yourselves and you know, get along so well? Well, I think what it comes down to is respect. We all, we all love each other and we all um, – we all care about each other, but we all work hard in the trenches together every single day, and I think that breeds kind of a certain respect for your teammates, a certain love for your teammates. Um, no, you know, see, seeing the hard work they're willing to put in and they're willing to sacrifice for their brother next to them, and so you know, I, th- I think that means all all the world, and that that's something that I haven't I haven't been around quite as strong as this, um, and that's that's what I, I really think is special about this program, just. The culture, you know, everyone's bought in, and we, we play for the guy next to us, not necessarily the end result. Well, the end results have been positive. You guys are winning a lot of baseball games right now. Just what what's what's the winning aspect done to waking up every day, going to lift, going to practice, and make, winning makes everything easier? How has that part kind of contributed to, you know, this entire process of, of growing a culture here at Nebraska? Well, you know, I think winning is contagious. Um you know, we, we've done the same thing all year. We've worked hard all year. We've played as a team all year. Um, you know, the, the rest of the nation didn't get to see that in the fall, um, didn't get to see what we were doing behind closed doors. And I, don't, I don't think many people expected a lot out of us. But, you know, we've kind of burst onto the scene. We've proven it to ourselves. We've proven it to other people that we're a team that's ready to compete and we're a team that's going to go out there and expect to win every single day. Um, and so I think we're, just, we're focused on being consistent, um, keeping our heads down, staying focused on ourselves and our goals, continuing to work hard, and just letting the letting the the cards fall where they will, based off of our our hard work and our dedication. The bullpen's full of emotional characters. It's really fun watching you guys in tense moments. You know, get getting those big outs, and you and Bunzi and even Schwelly to a certain extent, not afraid to show some emotion on the mound. What what's it like when you're not in those moments to watch those guys pitch and? you know, able to execute in big moments to keep this team in games like they did on Sunday? I absolutely love it. Um, I think that's probably the most electric part of any game for me is seeing one of my bullpen brothers go out there and, you know, get a big strikeout and celebrate it a little bit because we're all we're all bought in for each other. We, we play for each other. And so when I see another guy out there, I want nothing for the best for them. And I love to see it pay off for them. And I love to see them get to – you know, reap the benefits a little bit. And that's just, I think that just comes down to playing fearlessly. Um, you know, that type of 
the type of emotion isn't manufactured. Um, it, it's not something that people try to do. It's just, it's. I mean, that, that's what that's the product of a guy going out there and truly giving, giving everything he has, laying, you know, leaving everything on the field for his team, and you know that that's that's the byproduct you get. Cam, we'll let you go with this. I, I know you guys are college kids. You guys have Instagrams and Twitters and just, you know, clubhouse conversations. It's going to get brought up. You're ranked now. A lot of people are seeing that you're, you're projected pretty high in a regional 6,000 fans potentially this weekend. There's a lot of stuff that, as a team, you could probably get caught up in right now with the momentum in the program. How are you guys handling this? Are, are you embracing it? Are you trying to push it away? Are you not talking about it? How, how is this team approaching all the attention? Well, uh, to put it simply, we, we don't care. Um, being ranked in the top 25, that's awesome. Um, it's nice to finally be getting some recognition for that on the national scale. But we're all, you know, well aware that our, our goal, our motivation is to win a national championship and bring that home to Nebraska. And that has nothing to do with being ranked in the top 25. I mean, we're still in the middle of the season right now. We've got a long ways to go. So, you know, we're keeping our heads down and we're, we're not letting that affect us and, and get us off track because as nice as it is, again, we, do, we just don't care. That's, that's, that's not the end result that we're playing for. Well said. Cam Wynn, Nebraska reliever with us here on Sports Nightly. Cam, appreciate the, the chat. Thanks for the time. We look forward to seeing you at the ballpark. Should be pretty, pretty intense out there. Should be a lot of fun to play in this atmosphere this weekend. Best of luck, man. Let's keep this thing rolling. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cam Wynn, Husker reliever with us on our Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. He's, uh, they've got some electric arms there, that's for sure. They've got you know Wynn, Bun, Schwelly. I mean, Cody Frank's done a great job in the bullpen. He's, there, there's a reason why we're feeling good late in games. No doubt, and the the numbers back it up. What that that group has done, and Will Bolt at his presser today made the comment. He goes, you know, last year of the fifteen games they got to play, he said they had they had the lead in a bunch of games and ended up not winning because they couldn't get to the finish line of a game without giving up some runs. Well, that's not been the problem with this group, and Cam wins one of the big reasons for that. So, uh, fun guy to listen to. That was uh, really good. Well done on that. All right, when we come back, we'll talk some big league baseball with our insider, Lane Grindle. That's next. His voice will sound familiar. And Nebo's gone. Bye-bye baseball. His knowledge is endless. He looked so fast. It was unbelievable. He's our Major League Baseball insider. Just ate a brownie, so I'm ready to go. Lane Grindle. Here he is, really a month into the season. How quick did that go for, for you following the Brewers and the MLB? That's how it works, man. It goes really fast, especially when you're in it. Uh, you know, you wake up, you go to the ballpark, you come home, you, you go to bed, wash, rinse, repeat, essentially. That's how the season goes. And, you know, you cherish an off day here and there. But for the most part, you're, you're in, the, in the middle of the season and the ebbs and flows and the ups and the downs, and, and, and you blink and you're a quarter of the way through the season. I mean, it happens that fast. And we're not to the quarter pole yet, but, um, yeah, a month into this thing already, and it's gone extremely fast. It feels like yesterday we were showing up for the first game of spring training, and here we are with, uh, you know, uh, what, 25, 26 games under our belt, depending on which team you're talking about. You know, and I think as a country, we've made 
progress with the virus? The vaccine seems to be taking hold. I've seen people starting to up capacities a little bit. What about the brewers? Where are you at for attendance-wise, and is there a chance to keep bumping that up as we get deeper into the season? Yeah, we hope so. I don't think that the the brewers aren't ready to announce anything in terms of uh, increased capacity, but you saw the news on the Braves today. They're going to go up to 100% starting on May 7th. They, uh, I think, just uh, started at 50% for their second home stand of the season as well. So, uh, you know, th- this is starting to happen now in some places. And I, and I think overall that's a very positive thing for sports. It's a positive thing certainly for baseball, and it's, it's a positive thing for our, for our society um, to get people back in these arenas and ballparks and stadiums uh, here just not today and tomorrow but in the future. And, and, and as things get safer and more people are vaccinated, I think we're going to be able to do more of this stuff, and, and, and that's encouraging. You know, we haven't had a lot of positive. We haven't had a lot of hope, and we're starting to get some of it, and it feels really good. Well, I, I've certainly enjoyed the, the battle the last two weekends between the Padres and the Dodgers. I know you've seen the Padres already. The Dodgers, I believe, come to Milwaukee later this week. That's got to be the best rivalry in baseball right now, isn't it? The, the San Diego-LA battles? You know, Greg, I know you enjoyed those two series, but I enjoyed what was sandwiched in between them. And that was the Brewers did. sweeping the Padres in San Diego. Everybody wants to talk about the Dodgers and Padres. Brewers swept the Padres. Um, no, yeah, I, it, it is a great rivalry. You're right. And part of the reason it's a great rivalry is because there are a lot of stars in that series between the two teams. And they have a lot of outspoken stars that aren't afraid to to have a little fun in the game and wear their emotions on their sleeves to a degree. I mean, Trevor Bauer, like him or not, Trevor Bauer is true to himself, and he's going to be himself when he's on the mound, when he's in front of the cameras after the game, whatever it may be, and he's consistent for the most part in his beliefs. You know, he gave up a couple of home runs to Fernando Tatis, and Tatis remembered that Bauer pitched with one eye open against him in spring training, and so Tatis turns and gives him the eye patch kind of look (laughs) as he's rounding first base. And then later on, he homers off of him again, and he does the Connor McGregor strut that Trevor Bauer does after he strikes out, you know, the third batter or the third out of the inning. So, uh, and, and then Bauer came out and said, yeah, hey, he got me, so he gets to do that. That's the way this game works. I'm not going to go uh, headhunting for him now. I'm not going to throw at him the next time that uh, he comes to the plate. I'm going to just try harder to get him out. And I think overall that's something we can all be good with. I mean, I, I think that's kind of fun. That's it, it, I don't think those two necessarily like each other, but I do think they respect each other. And I think you have other stars in the game uh, or in the series between these two teams. I mean, obviously you have the veterans like like Clayton Kershaw in the middle of it, but um, Trent Grisham is a, is a brewer, a former brewer that I know really well, and he, you know, he's had it a lot of fire to that rivalry last year with a big home run and flipping his bat and staring into the dugout, and the Dodgers taking exception with it. it it's it's going to be a series that we're going to have a lot of fun with all season long. I think it's going to be a good battle in the NL West, but don't tell that to the San Francisco Giants because they're playing maybe better than anybody in that division right now, and uh, nobody talks about them yet because they probably have to do it for a little bit longer before we really consider that they're going to be on the same level as those other two teams. But uh, the NL West looks like a pretty good division right now on paper. 
Speaking of the Giants, where do you come down on a seven-inning no-hitter? Legit? Need an asterisk? What do you want to do with this stuff now that you're playing a lot more seven-inning games? Yeah, former Giant Madison Bumgarner with the the seven-inning no-hitter against uh, uh, or for the Diamondbacks, rather. I look, I I, I think you call it a no-hitter and you put an asterisk next to it. Uh, that's to me. Uh, I don't think you you don't call it a no-hitter. He he he. He didn't allow a hit, and he pitched as many innings as he could in the game. And so, to me, he, he threw a no-hitter. But I do think you have to put an asterisk next to it to, to, to denote that it was a seven-inning no-hitter. And, and, and to, to me, that's how I would classify it. Um, you know, people can decide for themselves if they want to consider it on the same level as a nine-inning. It's not on the same level as a nine-inning, by the way. Think how many guys have lost no-hitters in the eighth or in the ninth innings over the years. You get that notification on your phone, no-hitter watch, and then you go tune into the game, and the guy gives up a base hit the minute you turn on the TV or whatever it might be. So it's not the same thing as a nine-inning no-hitter, but I don't know that he should be penalized because he did everything he could with the format that was thrown out there for that day's game. And so to me, I'd call it a seven-inning no-hitter. That's what it is. And that's what I would call it. Yeah. Lane Grindle's with us. He's our Major League Baseball insider here on Sports Nightly on the Husker Sports Network. I've been seeing a lot of notifications from the Omaha Storm Chasers that their season is about to get underway. So what, Minor League Baseball starts next week. That's That's got to be a welcome sight to the sport, isn't it, to get those, those, those uh, teams back and playing again? Yeah, I think so. You know, you look at – from a major league standpoint, Greg, I mean, you're bringing guys up and down from your alternate site. you got guys on your taxi squad and everything else. And Like today, the Brewers started Zach Godley today, the former Diamondback, and they had him stretched out to where he could pitch kind of at the same pitch count. Pitched in a couple of alternate site games between – the White Sox alternate site with nobody in the stands, and he's probably, you know, thrown some sim games in the alternate site and some scrimmages and things like that, but uh, some inner squads, if you will. But uh, that's not the same thing as being truthfully stretched out. And so now that you're going to have these minor league seasons back, you're going to be able to send guys on legitimate rehabs. You're going to be able to just send guys out and build them back up and guys are going to be able to get on a little bit more regular schedule pitching in games. And I think that's a really healthy thing. I think it's an incredibly positive thing. And, and we get to track some of these prospects as they make their way through the systems. That's a fun part of baseball. If you're really into the sport, if you're really into baseball, you love watching the young stars make their way through the minor leagues, and you love being able to tell people that you're friends with, I knew about that guy when he was in high A, and now look at him. He's tearing up Major League Baseball, and he might be the rookie of the year. We enjoy that part of following this sport and we're going to get that back and i think it's a it's another added piece that we've been missing no doubt and for all those communities that that are really proud of their their franchises you get that kicked back in and you just spread the sport around the country and i think it's exciting for that to happen all right i mentioned you got the dodgers i know coming to town for a series and then what what's the crew do after that uh, the crew has the, the Dodgers in town, and then they go to Philadelphia and go down to Miami to take on the Marlins. So we'll be done with the Marlins in early May for the season. But, uh, yeah, these are going to be tough series. The Phillies aren't scoring a lot of runs right now, but they've been pitching it pretty well. 
Uh, certainly the Dodgers are going to be challenging. They have not played great baseball for the last week or so, but that won't last very long because they're the Dodgers and they're way too talented. And they'll get up for the Brewers. Uh, the Brewers and Dodgers have, have faced off enough in the postseason the last couple of years that uh, the Dodgers will come to town ready to go, and, and they're going to throw Trevor Bauer in game one of the series, and Freddie Peralta is going to go for the Brewers. So, man, there's going to be a lot of strikeouts in the opening game of this series, and this should be a lot of fun. Love it. That's great. Great stuff as always. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you, Greg. It's time to buy or sell. Now here's the hosts of Buy or Sell, Josh Elkeman. Sold. And Austin Orman. Well, Greg, don't worry. You can't go one for one in ten this week or one for ten this week because we only have seven answers to go. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, like my uh, odds already then. Can you, can you settle with one for seven? Yes. All right. Okay. Hopefully it's not that bad. Damage won't be as bad as what you were thinking at least the positive way of looking at it <laughs> absolutely let's jump into our first of seven answers a ben nba question from two weeks ago buy or sell that the oklahoma city thunder have at least five different players score at least 20 points in a game throughout the rest of the regular season the regular season has not yet concluded but five players have reached 20 points so the answer a buy all four of us present correct with a buy those not present incorrect with a sell oh yeah, about that. about that. So and, the end, yeah. and the Thunder snapped a 14-game losing they streak did. yesterday <laughs> against the Celtics. <laughs> they, did. they did, and they the last one to do it. The fifth player, uh, Ty Jerome, I believe his name is, was the one to Yuck. to get it done. So, yeah, I I will be honest. The five guys that did it, I don't, I haven't really heard their names very much. So. I will be completely frank with that, but they got it done. It was a buy, and Tim and Brett sold it and got it wrong, so that's all that matters. And we move on to our second answer. Greg, you asked a Husker baseball question last week. Buyers saw that Nebraska would hit four or more home runs against Michigan State in that series. The answer a sell. They hit just one, and it was by Luke Roskam on Saturday. The Huskers did take the series, but only one home run in that series victory, and only two of us got it right and it was myself and tim so i was with tim on this one and didn't end up regretting it that's a rare occasion but it ended up working out for me this time so hey Whew. any concern any concern huskers have hit one home run in their last six games any mm. concern in that guys or maybe i i mean they're still winning though right like that find a way yeah. to win yeah yeah but yeah could maybe. be could see the ball fly out a little bit this weekend Keep okay. it back in the friendly confines so. and hit it out. South winds, though. They'll be blown in from right. Ooh. Oh. All right. We'll stick with Husker baseball for answer number three, a Ben question, buy or sell, that Nebraska has as many or more stolen bases than Michigan State in last weekend's series. The answer, A, buy, as Nebraska steals five bags to the Spartans one. Five of us were correct. One of us was incorrect. We have guesses on who the one incorrect was. <laughs> Brad. It was Brett, yes. Nailed it. <laughs> Brett, oh, nice. Brett Man, I'm not surprised a five, I'm surprised five five of us took the Huskers on that I know. One, well, and there were some very convincing off. arguments on air for the Huskers. And that's the thing, though. I did not listen to that, but I did when I filled in my answers after the fact, I saw that everybody else except for Brett had bought it. So I was like, there must be some reason why everybody's buying it. So uh, Okay, so hold on. You, you, didn't, you, you actually studied these. You didn't just 
go back and forth, buy, sell, buy, sell, like some people have done in the past. Correct, yes. I actually look at the question, <laughs> read it, and determine an answer before the event happens. So it would not be called cheating. If, but yes, and then I don't have someone auto-pick for me either. Yeah. The commissioner plays by the rules. That's right. Imagine that. (laughs) Got to keep things on the straight and narrow. So, all right. Uh, Moving over to or moving on up to the Major League Baseball, up a level of baseball, Austin asked this question. By or sell that at least two teams with negative run differentials would lead their division at the end of play on, well, basically last night. So was that a buy or sell? It was a buy. The A's Mm. were at... Minus two on their run differential and held a two-game lead in the AL West last night. And then in the NL East, the Mets are at minus 12, and they held a half-game lead coming into play today. And every single one of us sold it, and every single one of us got it wrong. So I I don't blame us. That's a tough thing to do. I think that, you know, obviously the A's could have scored three more runs or allowed three fewer runs. The Mets could have lost one of the games and given up uh, the lead in the East, and we would have all been right. But mm. Austin got his own question wrong, but this will help his question <laughs> percentage. That's true. That You know, there's <laughs> certain crowns that we're all going for. I know that we're all going for the crown of getting the most questions right, but there's also the crown of being the toughest question asker. Um, Which is important. crown yes. of being the best against answering everybody else's questions. Like, yeah, so. Like, I want to... I want to dominate Tim's questions. That hasn't been the case this year, but that's, you know, you have goals. Indeed. One goal that Wisconsin had was to win the national championship and prevent either of their matches from going to five sets, or at least that's the goal that Josh set for them. Unfortunately for the Badgers, uh, they didn't even make it to the national championship and their match didn't go five sets. So the answer, a sell. Greg, you and I, the only two correct on that one. Yeah. I was a little bit ambitious on the Big Ten and the Badgers, but I think I even said, "I go, I think they might lose to Texas." <laughs> you were right, you did. and then You're Texas right. lost to Kentucky. Yep, Greg's, I still uh, m- mantra: the end questions, just forget yep. about it. I know. <laughs> yep, I would have loved to have seen the Huskers beat Texas and have a chance at Wisconsin because yep. obviously they were a little bit more beatable than what people thought. All right, we move on to everybody's favorite topic, world football, which some people, mm-hmm. in, or most people in the U.S. would call soccer, but this was a Brett question here. Buy or sell that at least two of the four big six teams playing this past weekend in the Premier League would either Be- lose or draw their match. Before you answer, Ben, do you have any clue how this turned out? Because I don't. I have no, no clue. <laughs> Austin does because I was telling him be- before okay. we started. So It, uh, it honestly... <laughs> didn't even occur to me that this was a question until right now. So, I, yeah, I can't say that I watched any of this. Uh, the honestly, I've been paying more attention to uh, soccer the last couple of weeks because of the whole Super League thing, but I haven't actually watched a match uh, or seen any results. So, but anyway, how did we do? All right, the answer was a buy. Three of those four teams that. Uh, Brett listed lost or Losers. had a draw in their game. <laughs> the only team that won was Chelsea. So everybody else, I think it was Arsenal, Liverpool, uh, and Manchester United either lost or drew. But we all did pretty well on this. But, Ben, you were with Tim on this one, and you guys both got it wrong. So I was on the right side with Tim. You were with him and got it wrong. So that's not a place you want to be. I'm not happy about that. I don't blame you. I- 
I kind of remember you even saying that when you answered it. You're like, oh, boy, I'm on Tim's side of this. I mean, that's never a, a good feeling going It's not where you want to be. No, I don't. <laughs> the, the, the thing, too, is I don't know who went first on the answer for that, but, like, it's one thing tonight, like, when we're giving our answers, you won't really know what Tim's answer is going to be because it's probably going to be a, a automatic answer. But you also, I mean, you know, last week you probably had a chance to be different than him and maybe didn't, so... All right, one more answer to give before the totals. And a Greg Husker softball question wraps us up. Greg asked us, by yourself, that Nebraska hits more home runs than Wisconsin last weekend. The answer, a sell. Wisconsin knocked five balls out of the yard. The Huskers only three. Mm. Those present, all incorrect. Brett and Tim, the only two right with the sell. Man, I did not have a good week. A little bit week. of a bummer. Yeah. Well, that, that was, was, a, that was, that was tough. a tough series, right? I mean, yes. they, yeah. they lose three out of four. Yeah. And going into the final game, uh, I went through this game by game, obviously, to add it up. And the Huskers had the lead early after the first two games, and then it was tied up in homers. And then in game four of the series, the Badgers took three out of the yard to one for the Huskers. So mm. that's what ended up doing them in. All right, the totals for the week. Three of the four of us who are present tonight were tied for first. Greg, myself, and Austin, we were all four of seven, so decent weeks above 500. Tim was three of seven, and then Ben and Brett were both two of seven. So that's mm, that's, that's disappointing. Rough. That's disappointing, Ben. But good news for you, you still have the lead. The bad news for you is that that lead is down to one point. You're at 54 of 89. Greg is right on your tail at 53 of 89. I'm back. Tim and I are tied for third at 52. So even Tim and I tied for third, we're only two back of the lead. We could make that up in one week pretty easily. And then when does this one end? When does this season uh, go? Probably go somewhere in June? end of June, yeah. I, I would say that's a good time to end it, right before the 4th of July. Um, I think that's probably a good, good time to pull yeah. the plug. Yep. So uh, looking at the... At the other two, Austin and Brett. Austin is no longer in the cellar. He's at 48 of 89 over 500. I'm babe Austin. Last week too, by one by one point. Yes, you're and you're you know going. Your goal needs to be just get over 500 every week, and then if you're doing that, you're gonna hopefully keep yourself in it. Brett is falling weeks. That's all it is. Stack good weeks. Brett's strategy of letting me auto pick for him is not working. He has fallen to 45 (laughs) of 89, barely hanging above 500. So not not doing so well. (laughs) All right, let's jump into this week's questions. Greg, you lead us off. All right, going to go spring game. Buy or sell that the top rusher in the game Saturday gains more than 70 or 60 Mm. yards. 60 yards. Top rusher. And I'm going to... I'm going to sell it. I think there's enough backs that they're going to rotate it a lot. So I don't think it gets there. You don't think one of those guys rips off a 50-yarder maybe? Sure could happen, absolutely, but I I like our defense. Yeah, that's a great point. Plus, I got to start widening the gap on Greg, so I'm buying. All right, I'm going to I'm going to go with a sell here. I think that the one I mean, Coach Ross did say that all the running backs are going to play the whole game. It's not like they're going to play the first half and rest the second half. So that does make me a little bit hesitant to sell this, but I do think that, like you said, Greg, they're going to spread out those carries quite a bit. There are a lot of guys to get carries. so Might be Logan Smothers. Ah, stealing my thunder. I was just going to uh, say, I think Logan Smothers goes for at least 60 yards on the ground. I, I will buy it. It also depends on 
how the refs adjudicate the first thud, that's, especially that's, in the first half. Yes. Well, what yeah, constitutes he's got, a, he's got thud? a green jersey on, on too. True. So. Exactly. He's going to be down as soon as anybody touches him. Uh, ben, do you want to pick a player that you think will go over sixty? Yeah, absolutely, I do. Give me a uh, gay. Give me the. Give me the 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 hot name right now. Give me Jock Yant. Yep. There Perfect. And it's a short name, so I can squeeze that into our uh, buy sell sheet. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. All right, you're up, Ben. Did it just for you. All right, here we go. Husker baseball. Buy or sell that the Rutgers bullpen allows three runs before Nebraska's bullpen allows one run. Hmm. Some context to this question. Nebraska's bullpen has gone 22 and a third innings without allowing a run wow. straight entering this series. Man. And... How question? How good is Rutgers Friday night guy? Good, Harry Rutkowski's good. He uh, he was probably on the short list to be preseason pitcher of the year. I would guess top three in that conversation. So, so then, in theory, he's a left-hander. You're thinking left-hander. that they could end up getting to the bullpen at the same time yes. Friday. Yes, with uh, Povich. Nine. I'm going to buy it. I, I trust Nebraska's bullpen, and I mean, I know it's three to one, but I'm trusting the streak. Oh yeah, I'll go with that. I think that that's a, a doable thing. I, it's hard for me to bet against the way that that, the back end especially has been pitching. You just hope that the Huskers do get a good start from Povich because if he goes out early, then they're you know going to yeah. go to a long relief guy who's. But yeah, I'll still buy it. I've fallen into the gambler's fallacy far too many times on the, <laughs> this very segment, which is why I'm sitting at only 48 of 89 correct. But. Uh, yeah, give me the streak. Sure, it keeps going. I'll buy it. Oh, all right. Man, I am shocked the way these answers are going. I know. I was, <laughs> I was surprised. Who's up? Greg? Greg, you, Greg. Yeah, what's your answer? Oh, uh, that's right. I was, I was ready for the next question. <laughs> um, do you want an auto answer? I can put you down for sell. I'm going to sell that. All right. Yeah, put him down for a sell. There you go. Worked out. All right. Up next, I'm going to the Kentucky Derby taking place. It, it feels like we just had it, and that's because we did. Austin we did. looked it up. It was September 5th, uh, first one of the first Saturdays of college football for some teams last fall. But um, my question, by yourself, that a horse with a name that starts with the first 10 letters of the alphabet wins the Kentucky Derby. And I'm going to buy it. The favorite is... Uh, trying to pull it up right now but the favorite is starts with an e i believe so essential essential yeah. quality yeah he, yep. he's a two to one odds um you do have some ones so that what, are right behind him that are it is j, j. the last j is the okay. last one so if it starts with j or before that in the alphabet that would be a buy but i'm buying there's only like seven of the 20 horses that are the first 10 letters. It, yes, but the favorite is. But the favorite is. Yep, that evens it out a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking I'm either going to buy or sell this one. Okay, yeah, that's good. That's good. Like the thought process here. Yeah, um, yeah solid. I, 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 while I'll, you're I'll thinking, buy it. Sure, okay. I'll buy right. it. I was going to jump in and sure. say doing Kentucky Derby or horse racing questions in general are some of my favorites because it doesn't take a whole lot of effort to pay attention and get invested in into right, it. No. Yeah. It's two minutes. You flip on the TV for two minutes and you're really bought in and you know what these questions are and you're pulling for them. So. Greg did Austin then? pick? Yes, he did. I, I ended up buying. I'm selling. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the, the bigger 
group of horses that are after the first 10 letters. And I know essential quality is the favorite, but I'm going to say somebody other than that after the letter J is going to win it. Yep. I'm buying the crap out of this question. My name starts with a B, and so that's we're rolling <laughs> yeah, first 10 I, letters. I actually told somebody else asked me my pick for this uh, yesterday, and I told him Hot Rod Charlie, so that would fall within the first yep. 10 letters. So he's not the favorite. He's, I think, fourth or fifth on that list, but I'm going for it. All right, Austin. All right, I'll take us back to the spring game. Buy or sell that Nebraska football's spring game attendance is greater than 37,500 fans or that it's one of the top two most attended spring games in the Big Ten. I'm going to buy that one. Bye. Bye. (laughs) So, I mean, either, Austin, you're going to have another case like last week where you fooled us all or – We'll have a year I feel team. like all of us just stepped in a passing lane at midcourt <laughs> and, and, have, and have an open lane to the basket. Now, do we make the layup or do we blow it? Yeah. Well, it's really not on us, but. How many of us could hit a could hit a layup dribbling in from half court on our first try? Uh, in depends. a game or. Yeah, it depends what the situation we is. We just messing around at the park? What's the, what's the <laughs> Are context? There well, let's just say there's some pressure on the line. I don't, I don't want to say that Isaiah Roby's tracking you down, but. Yeah, that depends. I don't know. I, I might blow I, it. I would. I would. <laughs> I'll, I'll take my odds. <laughs> I haven't touched a basketball in well over a year, probably two years. So I'm not feeling great about. Greg's that. probably just flushing it in. He's That's probably true. <laughs> Slamming it home. Layups are for weaklings. Just dunking. Yeah. Are we talking about a Nerf hoop? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I would just be happy if I didn't dribble it off my knee at this point. So, <laughs> all right, let's get back into uh, the important things, and that's Tim's question. Okay. Uh, he went to the NFL draft. Buy or sell that there will be at least as many or more players drafted in the first round from Alabama than players from the Big Ten Conference. Wow, that's a good question. And uh, Don't say that too loud. He'll hear you bust on the segment. You don't need to give Tim compliments. He's doing that to himself. Yeah, he's probably listening right now and going, oh, yeah, that's a good question. That's the greatest (laughs) question ever made. Uh, He bought it, by the way. And um, I'm going to sell it. I'll take the Big Ten. Well, I'm trying to go through the Big Ten guys. We know Fields. We know Micah Parsons. Rayshon Slater, the tackle from Northwesterns. There might be another Penn State defender that goes along with Parsons. Sure. who else am I missing from Ohio State? That I know. I feel like there's – I haven't been doing as well as I should have with my mock draft studying. Is uh, Wyatt Davis out in this class? Yeah, and Quiddy, Quiddy Pay Quiddy from Pay. Michigan I think might be a first-rounder. Did you I talk about I'm, the kid from the tackle from Northwestern? Yeah. Yep, yep Rashawn right. Slater. Slater. I'm going to sell Newsom, it. Newsome from Northwestern. Yep, I'm selling. Big 10 all the way. Yeah. Uh, trying to think of how many Bama guys you're going to have. Here, here, Ben, I came up with at least five. You're going to have Mac Jones. You're going to have Jalen Waddle. You're going to have Devontae Smith. You're going to have Patrick Sertan. You're going to have Najee Harris, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they got to have somebody on defense. It's right? about Dickerson and Leatherwood, even. Yeah, Leatherwood, oh, I know, maybe. has popped up on some drafts. And I, uh-huh. what about uh, Barmore, the D tackle, the D end? There's at least six or seven potential names. Huh. Well, good question. I'm going to deny it, but it is a good question. <laughs> ben, what'd you go with? I'm thinking. <laughs> um, Let's see. I'm going to sell it. All right. I'm going to sell it. Fair. Roll Which pad. Is freaking amazing that I'm selling that question if you think about it. That's that's absurd. Yeah. And so... Austin, you're buying then. You're yeah. with Tim. You're on top. Oh. So you're on by Team yourself. Tim. 
I don't like it, but uh, sure, let's see something crazy. Team Tim. Team Tim. Let's get weird. All right, on to the NBA. Brett's weekly NBA (laughs) slash soccer question with NBA this time. Uh, Buy or sell that Devin Booker hits at least four threes in tonight's Phoenix Clippers game or that Paul George scores at least 30 points. Brett sold it. I am going to buy it. This is an or, correct? It is an or, not an and. That's... Yeah, I'll buy it. I'll buy ores. Yeah. I don't know why Brett is selling it, honestly. Well, Paul George hurt his ankle last game. Oh, did he? Um, and he, he left after only, like, he, he was terrible. He had only, like, nine points, so I don't know. But Devin Bick Booker hitting four threes, shouldn't he be able to do that or not? He's not really been shooting a lot of threes lately. Okay. I think he's... So Brett's trying to trap us with this question is what you're saying. Yep. Yeah, I don't sneaky sneaky guy. <laughs> and I'm kind of hacked off at Paul George to be honest. He cost me my fantasy basketball playoffs last. Week. So you're selling Playoff it? I'm P. gonna sell it. All right. I'll hearing all that information. I'll sell it too. Why not? All right, Greg, back to you. All right. Before I do that, buckle up and put that phone down. It's a reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. I'm going Husker softball for this question. Buy or sell that Nebraska wins their series this weekend against Maryland? It's a four gamer. So they got to take three out of four. Maryland is a couple of games behind the Huskers in the standings. I'm unfortunately going to sell it. Hmm. I think I'll buy it. Yeah, I'll buy it. I'm going to. I think they bounce back. Good crowd might even this weekend. S- might even sweep them. Who knows? Ooh, good. Ooh. I don't love what I'm seeing from the red team right now. Are they due to bounce back? <laughs> Probably, but bouncing back would also be taking two of four. So I will side with Greg and sell it. All right. Fine. Ben? Uh, my answer? No, no your, question. your question. Okay. I, was, I thought I said an answer. <laughs> you already. did. Okay. You bought. All right. All right. Buy or sell. We're going Major League Baseball. That the Nationals are out of last place before the Royals are out of mm. first place. Where so are they right two now? Two game lead for Keith. Uh, Royal, they're first, both the winning. Are in last they're both right going to win tonight. Where are the Nationals in? How far back are they're they? Two, they're two. I think they're. I think it's two games either way. They're, they're, the, it's not a big gap. So yeah. I think the it's either a game and a half or two games, but for both sides, for the Nationals I, to climb out of the cellar or the Royals to. Right. I think the Royals were two games up entering play today. They are. They're, they're winning. I'll buy it. I, I don't know what you did Ben but I'm buying I'm going to I'm buying it Nationals are going to be out of last before the Royals are out yep. of first Austin man um, complicating this question or maybe it should be making it easier um, <laughs> the Royals aren't going to be out of first place Royals Ever? Are, nope never again they are they are done Royals are first place in the AL Central. So you're buying? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. All right, Greg? Yeah, I'm buying the Nats. Go Nats. Come on. <laughs> Get out of the cellar. All right. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm doubling up on the Kentucky Woo. Derby today. Nobody else asked it, so I'm, I'm going two. Uh, buy or sell that the horse that finishes last <laughs> in the Kentucky Derby started the race with better than 50 to 1 odds. So as of right now, or at least the last time I checked, there were six horses with 50 to 1 odds. So uh, does a horse, one of the other 14 horses finish last? And I'm buying that. 
I think. So you're taking the. I'm taking the, the field technically to finish last. Are you gonna call your shot? Uh, good question. <laughs> yes. Who's the last place? Let me pull it up again while there's I'm twenty horses. There's a, yeah, <laughs> but I still will call it. Let's see. Um, I'll go with uh, soup and sandwich. That sounds like a loser. <laughs> Sorry if the owner or anybody who is affiliated with that horse is listening, but uh, nope. I'll take What'd the fifty to one field. So you're and selling. I will sell if I can call my shot. Sure, why not? Uh, I will say that hidden stash will be hidden at the bottom of the leaderboard. <laughs> so what, what, what are we doing? The odds of what they are right now, or no, what they changed right to? before, right before the uh, end of, and I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I'll still, I'll still take a point, Austin, even if the odds change, but okay. it, you would only get one point instead of two if Fair. he's not fifty to one odds at the start of the race. I'm in a buying mood. I'll buy it. All right. Are you gonna call your shot? Nope. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, the odds of you. Getting it anyways. It's a one. So I want chance. I, w- I want the uh, somebody that's better odds than fifty to one. So is that a buy? Um, oh, you can sell yes. it. Yes. Well, oh. if you want a horse that finished with better than fifty to one odds to finish last, then that's a buy. Yeah, I'm buying it. And whoever the guy who's going to finish last is Midnight Bourbon because that's never a good idea. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, he's twenty to one at the last check. All right. He gone. Austin, wrap it up. Don't mind if I do. A general college athletics question. Buy or sell that the next Kansas football head coach is hired before the next Northwestern athletic director. And Bye. I am buying. <laughs> Bye. It's going to happen. It's going to happen this week. KU's going to hire a guy this yeah. week. I agree. Well, that was quick. Okay. <laughs> I guess I asked Thanks, Austin. This week. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Austin just really wants to get two of his own questions right. Yes, I need that's it. The deal there. <laughs> Yes, he does. All right, when we come back, we'll talk some Husker golf. They made some history today, and they made some history over the weekend. We'll tell you all about that next. We're back on a Sports Nightly here on a Wednesday night. Big day for Husker women's golf as the NCAA earlier today revealed the 64 teams that make the tournament. And for the first time since 2008, the Nebraska Cornhuskers name flashed up there. And delighted to be joined right now by the head coach of the Cornhuskers, Lisa Johnson. Coach, congratulations. What, what was the feeling like when you saw the name Nebraska pop up on the TV screen today? Oh, thank you so much. It was amazing. The team was extremely excited. How, how much do you think your performance at the Big Tens last weekend maybe sealed the deal for you? It definitely did. I'm not sure what our final ranking is, but I'm sure it moved us up at least four or five spots and, and gave us a solid position to make regionals. What'd you make of the team's play? Tell me what, what you thought of, of the performance last weekend. We played extremely well. I, I wasn't at all surprised at how well we played because we've been improving pretty rapidly throughout this spring. Uh, the biggest difference between our play in the last couple weeks and, and, and a month or two ago um, has been our ability to, to get the ball in the hole, get up and down, and, and make some key putts to give us some momentum during the round. 
You know, second place in the Big Ten for the Huskers, that's the best finish Nebraska's had since they joined the Big Ten Conference and rewarded today with a 13 seed in the Columbus Regional. And you had the low medalist with Kate Smith going out and, and shooting a 64 in the final round. What did you see from her? We're going to talk to her here in a few minutes. But what did you see from Kate as she made her way around the course this past weekend? She just played with extreme confidence. That was the most impressive 64 (laughs) that I've ever seen because she wasn't nervous one bit. She knew that she was going to keep going low and she just went after it and, and birdie the last hole to shoot that 64. Impressive. She's had such an incredible month getting a chance to play Augusta national and, and, and play in that tournament, that, that amateur tournament uh, within the last 30 days. How much are experiences like that helping her game grow? Oh, that her experience at Augusta was a big reason why she was able to handle herself so well at the big 10 championship. Um, you know, the the media exposure that she received from everyone when she was in, you know, when she was leading at Augusta and then and then going, finishing all of the holes on the second day at Augusta and then being forced into a playoff and then meeting with the media after that. You know, it was it was <laughs> such a opportunity for her to grow and learn and experience excitement and disappointment. And so when she was in front of the cameras at the big 10 championship, it felt like not as big of a deal as it might have in years past. And she was able to perform at her best. You know, I I don't want to leave anybody the impression that, that Kate's your only golfer because to win, to finish second in the big tens and make the NCAAs as a team, you have to be more than just one. You got to be the, the, the sum of all of your parts. What about this? The, the rest of the group and the growth you've seen in their games and their confidence as you've made your way through your spring season? Yes, we've seen tremendous growth in the in the rest of the lineup. Um, we have you know a couple other Nebraskans that have improved their national ranking by maybe 500 over the course of the last year, and we've had some great play from our transfer Alice and from uh, a couple freshmen, Mishka and Lindsay Teal from Wahoo and, and everyone combining together to push each other to get better and work harder and practice longer and strive to win has been amazing. Well, certainly Husker nation, proud of you guys and, and good luck. Uh, what's the date you're going to Columbus, Ohio. Is this, is this a course that your team is familiar with at all? What, and, and when, when is the competition? We, we leave on the 8th. The competition is May 10th through the 12th. Um, and this team has played at uh, the Ohio State's golf course in the past. I believe two years ago, the team traveled there for a tournament. So it's helpful that we've seen it. Uh, th- at least three players on this team have seen it and we'll be ready to go. It's a challenging and- golf course, which suits our games. So we're right. excited. Very good. Well, again, very proud of you. We're going to talk with Kate here, but congrats again, Coach. This is fantastic. First time in the NCAA since 2008. Well done. Congratulations to you and the team. Thank you so much. And now joined by Kate Smith, who was the low medalist over the weekend at the Big Ten Championships after firing a final round 64. Kate, congratulations. Um, Was Sunday one of those days you were in the zone, as athletes like to say? What was it like on Sunday for you? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I knew it was my last Big Ten championship, and I wanted to kind of leave it all out there and felt super relaxed from the start of the day and um, obviously very happy with my score and uh, kind of what it did for us as a team as well as for me individually. It's, uh, it was a great week. Was there a shot or a hole that you're playing on Sunday that you're like, I got this, this is my day? Was there a moment that that hit you? Um, I kind of knew it was trending to that. Um, but on 15, I had an eight iron in and I, it lipped out. So I think my teammates, some of them saw that and some of my coaches and we kind of knew, okay, this is, this is a special round when we're hitting those type of shots. Well, and, and uh, you know, I think probably finishing second as a team, obviously to do that, you need more than just the low medalist. How, how did your teammates play over the weekend? Oh, we played great. Um, uh, Alice and Kirsten and Megan, I think they were all in the top 20, which is great. The Big Ten is a really hard conference. So um, to have uh, Alice shot four under one day, Kirsten shot two under one day, Megan shot even, um, just like a really great performance from the Huskers. Well, for the first time since 2008, Nebraska's women's program going to make the NCAA tournament. What did that feel like earlier today? when you saw the Huskers name flash up on the screen? Oh, just, just pure joy. I mean, it's definitely something I've always wanted to like help our team do. And just like seeing our name, uh, going to the Ohio regional where we're so excited and, um, by no means do we feel like the underdog, like we want to go and perform and, um, represent the end well. And we're, we're very, very excited. Now, I, I'm told you, you've you played this course before in Columbus, have you not? Yes, uh, we played it as a team, and I've played it individually. It's a, it's a really great course. Will that be helpful to go to a, a spot that you, you know a little bit about? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, a, it's a tough course, and it plays pretty long, and luckily we're, we're a long team. So I think, yeah, we have half the girls that have played there before. I think that experience is hopefully going to help us out a lot. Well, Kate, I can't let you go without talking about getting to play one of the, the most renowned courses in the world, and that was Augusta National. You had a chance to play at an amateur event um, here within the last month. What was that day like? Did you enjoy the day? Were you nervous? What, take me through. What was that all about for you? Yeah, I mean, well, first we had we kind of had a frost delay, so we were all excited, and then uh, got a bit bit of a delay. But once we got out on the course, oh my gosh, it was gorgeous. Uh, I think I I'd be a liar if I said I wasn't nervous. Um, you know, to take a divot on those grounds, you feel a little bit um, guilty about it. But um, made a few birdies uh, throughout the day, and um, you got a local caddy, and um, just just a great experience and. Um, one I'll, I'll remember for a lifetime. Well, that, I'm glad you had a chance to do that. How much do you think being a part of that event helped you helped you grow maybe as a person and just how, how to handle some stressful situations? Oh, definitely. I think as, um, as a golfer and as a person, it was huge. Um, I definitely built off that going into Big Tens. Um, just to be one of those top 82 golfers um, invited to that event was a huge confidence builder. And um, dealing with the cameras and everything that happened that week, I think, has helped me grow it a lot. That's fantastic. Kate, I'll let you go with this. I got to know, how did you do on that little par 312th? What, what was the result for you on that one? <laughs> 
I, I hit a seven iron. I hit it just a little bit off the green, and I made par. So I, I was pretty happy. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Kate, congratulations on all the success you've had over the last month. Husker Nation, so proud of you, the low medalist at the Big Tens, and you and your teammates getting in the NCAA tournament here in a couple of weeks. Fantastic. Great year. Congratulations. Pretty good, pretty good way for you to end your Husker career. Absolutely. Yes. Thanks for having me. Go Big Red. Oh, fantastic. Kate Smith with us here along with her coach, Lisa Johnson. Congratulations to all of them. First NCAA appearance since 2008.